out of opportunities, but if you're looking at what's good long-term, that's going to set you up for all the ultimate success, right? Hello, and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexammer. With me, we got Mario Dettillo. Mario, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Todd. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited about this conversation. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you joining us. And a little bit about Mario. He's got over 14 years of real estate experience. Uh, he's from the great state of Minnesota, which obviously is where I am from as well. But now he's living in beautiful Florida, which is where I would love to be living. Uh, but he's a, pack up, man. Come on down. Up, down <laughs> right. There's more room. Uh, he's a, uh, previously a uh, managing partner of a real estate brokerage, uh, in, in Minnesota, I'm assuming, and, uh, currently holds a real estate broker license in Florida. And his investment career began, uh, like many of us rehabbing, flipping single family homes, uh, until his company transitioned into manufactured home communities and self-storage back in 2015. Uh, and they currently own properties in four different states. So right now, that's that's your your main thing uh, is, uh, is these mobile home self-storage. So Mario is a co-founder and has co-managed Real Estate Acquisitions USA Core Residential Mobile Home Park and Self-Storage real estate portfolios uh, since that began. So with that said, Mario, why don't you give our listeners a bit more about your background kind of, and then, you know, obviously what you, you know, we talk about your focus a little bit, but more about your focus too. Sure. Yeah. Um, so you kind of explained the high level, but you know, just like a lot of people, uh, started out actually in the brokerage business. So had a had a small brokerage with a partner, and we actually were in the mortgage business. Um, let me jump back even further. Um, might want to cut that. Uh, <laughs> so just like many other people, I you know started a started a business early, and then later figured out what I really wanted to be in, and uh, um, started out actually and started a marketing business early on while I was still in high school. And uh, met some great people with that and later started a mortgage company together. And although I was involved in the mortgage company, I was really getting drawn towards real estate. So shortly after that, started a real estate brokerage um, together with the same partner. And I ran that brokerage. And it was a small brokerage in Minnesota, like you had said. And I gravitated to the investors, right? So I was, you know, the retail clients were great, loved helping them, but ultimately I enjoyed running around with other investors and finding deals and negotiating and, and being more on the business aspect of it. And uh, so where some of our agents were more retail, I started to work more on the, on the investment side. Uh, in around 2008, things started getting really crazy and we were doing a lot of distressed type deals. And my dad had a lot of construction background. So Mm. I had went to him and said, man, I'm helping all these clients buy this real estate. And why don't we partner up? Why don't you handle the construction aspect? I'll handle the acquisitions and dispositions. We made a great team because that was his lifelong background. So um, we uh, did that for from about 2008 to 2015. And 
we, we really took advantage of a, a great opportunity is what it was. Yeah. It was an opportunistic investment, bought a bunch of distressed single family homes, started out in Minnesota and gravitated to Florida when we got the opportunity and uh, which was a bloodbath down here. Were you <laughs> flipping in Florida? Yes. And, and so yes. did you move down there to flip or were you flipping remotely? I did after a couple of years. Yeah. So we were so investing long distance. Remotely. Yeah. Now yeah. I did have a partner in Southwest Florida here that was a little bit more boots on the ground and knew the market better. Um, he mm. actually approached me. I known him for years since we were kids and said, he said, you know, I got this opportunity to buy these 21 homes out of bankruptcy from a builder. Do you guys wow. want to partner with me? And I'm like, well, I don't know anything about Florida, but I'll come down and check it out. And I was sold after that. I'm like, I love this market. It's just just blood in the streets everywhere. It was just, it was brutal. I mean, it was the worst market, you yeah. know, potentially in the country. So that's what, yeah. you know, that's how that worked. And then in 2015, when a lot of that distress distress dried up and it was getting back to more of the, you got to market to mom and pop and sit at their kitchen table. We wanted to get out of that, get out of the transactional business and move more into long-term commercial, uh, long-term holds in the commercial real estate world. So we looked at apartments first, figured out that apartments were very pricey at the time, which we thought we kind of missed a window and we're just having a hard time finding, finding deals that made sense. So stumbled across a mobile home park and the rest is history. Hmm. So apartments, you didn't get into that because, because prices were high, which we all know what happened. Uh, prices yeah. continue <laughs> to go. So you would have been fine at first, but you know, of course I, we would have killed I, it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. So you, you stumbled upon a, a mobile home park um, and said, let's do it. it. What, like what, what kind of numbers are we talking for? What, what size mobile home park? And do you remember the purchase price? Yeah. Uh, so the, I'll backtrack a little bit. You know, it was actually a banker friend of mine that approached me and said, I've got this other bank that's got a non-performing loan. And I know you're buying apartment buildings or looking for apartment buildings, but this is kind of like an apartment building. It's a mobile home park. Yeah. And so uh, um, I, we were open-minded and looked at it and we ended up buying that loan and foreclosing it out. And um, it ended so up being a little bit more of oh. Yeah, we bought the first lien. Um, okay. the, the loan on it was about $4 million. We bought the loan um, for about 700000 wow. And it was, yeah, there was, there was a lot of code enforcement liens. There was over a million dollars in code wow. enforcement liens, which is everybody was going in the front door trying to buy it on a short sale. And then when they get to the point of figuring out that there are all these code enforcement liens with the county, they just walk away. And so we went the back door, bought the lien, foreclosed. We did go and work with the uh, county and kind of put a deal in place that said, hey, we're going to foreclose you out. So we're wiping out all your liens, but um, we don't want you to come back and start leaning us again and hitting us with all these violations. So how do we work together? How do we clean this property up so the, the, the county wins and the park wins and we can make this a successful venture? And they wanted the place closed and, and just working mm. with them and going approaching them in a professional manner. And we actually brought in a consultant that had worked with the county on construction projects before to kind of help, um, uh, help navigate that with them. And it, it was successful. So we ended up uh, in about a year, get it, year and a half, getting that property stabilized um, and refinance, uh, returned all of our initial equity and uh, didn't pull out anything additional. So when we sold it actually in uh, 2019, uh, end of 2019, we, we, we weren't trying to sell it, but someone approached us 
and just offered us a, a very fair price and um and it was a great deal home run wow that that's a cool story and that i mean that's your first yeah. Home park, right. <laughs> good and way to start, right? <laughs> good way to start. Talk, yeah. And talk about taking a leap of faith and just head down, you know, you're looking at the opportunities you were looking at multifamily. You weren't even focused on mobile home parks and this opportunity comes and you, you take it. And that that's the attitude I love to hear when people, a lot of people are like, Oh, you got to stay in your lane, got to do everything. And I agree with that to an extent. Right. But, you took that approach. You took the action, you took massive action. You got it done. And it sounds like you haven't looked back. Yeah, it was once we saw that opportunity, it was just a quick study, right? I mean, you don't have a lot of time to, mm-hmm. to research a lot just because you got a deal on the table. So you got to understand it fast. So it was just a quick study and realized there were a lot of parallels, but some nuances to apartments and got excited about the industry because it was super niche and still wild west and it still is a bit today so it was it was a great um we just fell in love with the with the industry very quickly and that's why we ran in that direction ever since so your your main focus then after that is is was it buying more notes and foreclosing was it just buying uh, from from a typical seller uh what what was that strategy yeah our our experience from the residential side is how we were really comfortable buying non-performing debt because we'd bought non-performing loans on residential. And so we, we love that strategy still. It's gotten a lot more challenging to find those non-performing mm. loans yeah. just because the market is good. And yeah. uh, exactly. So we did, we've looked at several uh, non-performing loans after that. That was the only one that we bought on commercial so far. Um, but really our, our strategy just went to working with brokers, working with owners. I'd say the majority of our transactions have been somehow direct to owner. Um, although we have, um, bought through brokers, but not your typical, not your typical mobile home park broker. Usually those are priced a little bit outside of what, what makes sense for us. So, um, brokers who are not in the mobile home park space tend to bring us opportunities that we've closed on more, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Well, they're they're not as aware of the pricing, the market, the guidance, and so they're taking someone like you as the expert and your guidance and pricing. So, yeah, I get it. You can get a little bit better pricing. We're seeing the same thing actually in our senior assisted living, where when we look at properties that are listed by a broker that lists those, just, the numbers just don't look that very attractive. And, but when we get an offering that comes from just some random broker that probably for a lot of times just lists single family houses or maybe multifamily. Um, the prices are much better. Typically we've bought we, several one or way. the other, actually, sometimes they're like, what, what are you doing? Like this thing is like, this is, this is not worth 6.5 million. It's worth 2.1 million. Like right. <laughs> the other time it's like, wow, this is a really good deal. So the, the um, best is when they come to you and say, Hey, I've got this mobile home park. Yeah. I know this is your focus. Let me bring you in. Let's figure out what this thing is worth. And maybe you can yes. buy it. And that allows us yes. to go in and set the expectations properly going in versus when they, they set the expectations either too high or, you know, and sometimes it's in our favor low, but agreed. Yeah. Yeah, well, and as long as you're coming into it with an attitude of I'm not gonna, I'm not here to take advantage of anybody. I'm just right. going to pay fair market value. Um, you, you're going to get those types of opportunities 
over and over, you know, and absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, well, that's cool. And so, and now you also do self-storage and so why self-storage? What, what made you go to self-storage? Yeah. Self-storage is great. We love it. It's a small percentage of our portfolio. Um, it's something that we've, we've liked from the beginning. We do like the fact that it's a lower expense ratio. It is, uh, there's low turnover cost. We like their short-term leases and you can adjust those leases monthly based on the market. So there, it, I think that anybody who's investing in real estate or anything really needs to under, needs to determine where they think the economy is going and the market mm-hmm. is going in general and invest accordingly. Um, a lot of times people are going for the flavor of the month and they're like, yeah. what's hot this month? What, what's everybody excited about and talking about? And so they're chasing those. And for us, we stepped back when we were, we had that opportunity to go from single family to a different property type. And that gave us the opportunity to sit back and think about, okay, what do we really want to own long-term here? And if that's, if, if that's what we're going to own, how are we positioned in the market? Are we going to be regretting this later or are we going to be thriving later? And our view was even back in 2015 was, well, things are hot. Um, Chances are they're not going to be, uh, you know, regardless of what other people say, real estate doesn't always go up, right? So every market is cyclical and we recognize that. And so we wanted to be positioned um, in a way that we could benefit from not only a real estate cycle, um, but also our we were a little bit le- uh, more pessimistic about the general economy and kind of the, uh, the direction that things were going here in the United States. So uh, position yourself to benefit from that. So if you think the economy is going to really boom and people are going to be buying luxury items, then you probably want to be in that luxury space. If you feel like more people are going to be downgrading their housing, uh, be tighter on um, income where they're looking for more affordable options, then that's where you should be investing. And self-storage and mobile home parks have performed very well in down economies in the past for different reasons. And, um, and that's why we chose those two ultimately. Yeah, that's cool. I, I really like that approach is really looking what's going to be good long-term not focusing on what's good today, what's good this second, because we can look at what's good this second. There's there's a lot of opportunities, but if you're looking at what's good long-term, that's going to set you up for all the ultimate success, right? The economy is going to shift. Things are going to happen. We see it all the time. And you know we've been riding this long wave for a while, so everybody's looking really smart, but eventually the wave's going to stop. It's going to crest, and some people aren't going to look so smart. But if you've taken that long-term approach, if you've looked at what you think is going to be strong, and of course you've done it right along the way, you're going to be set up a lot more for those ebbs and flows. And I agree. Everybody says, oh, real estate always goes up. Well, it does eventually. Yeah. Know, eventually it, over time with inflation. <laughs> right. But can you write, can you write it out when it's can down? Right. It yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Cool. I think with commercial real estate too, we, we have these shorter term windows for debt. You don't yeah. have the, in, in general, there are some products out there that are fully amortized, but most commercial loans are not fully amortized. And so you've got these balloons that hit or adjustments that happen that if you're not careful, the tide can go out and yep. people notice you don't have your swim trunks on, right? <laughs> so um, that's, 
that that's exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, you're locked in for five years, seven years, 10 years, whatever it might be. And, and yeah, like you said, <laughs> tide goes out. And even if, you know, let's, let's look at the environment we're in and we say, wow, I mean, prices are going up because of look at inflation and let's just say this continues for a long time. Well, what's going to happen is interest rates are going to go up and eventually your loan's going to come due. And if you're at 2.5% and all of a sudden you've got to pay 7.3%, what does that look like? It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. And ultimately, are you able to even get that? Or do you have to come in with a capital infusion in order to get, you know, get your loan re redone. So you got to bridge yeah, the gap. We got to bridge the gap somehow. So, so we really want to be looking at kind of all the aspects of the deals. Hey, real quick. I want to talk to you about the North star real estate conference. We've got the North star real estate conference. It's the third annual. Of course, we're back live this year after taking a one year hiatus and being virtual. We're live. We've got live and virtual options for you. So I'd love to see you there. North star real estate conference. It's all about cash flowing real estate. So we're going to be hitting on multifamily. We're going to be hitting on all things commercial. Uh, we'll be talking about syndications, asset management, all of that stuff that you're going to need to know and the mindset behind it. We've got a great lineup of speakers. So go on to northstarunlimited.live. Buy your tickets now. Um, I want to see you there. I want to network with you. I want to shake your hand. I want to get to know you. And we've got a ton of people that are going to be there wanting to do the same thing. So join us, North Star Real Estate Conference, October 7th and 8th. Uh, and it is in the Twin Cities at Mystic Lake Casino. So I hope to see you there. What's your thoughts on the economy right now? I mean, we've, we've seen this continue. we got all kinds of crazy stuff going on. What's your thoughts on the economy Um right now and i guess more more than that maybe thoughts on economy but also thoughts on the real estate that you're focusing on and um you know are you excited are you cautious are you cautiously optimistic like where are you at yeah uh so i'm not an economist so i'm not going to give you any, <laughs> any exact any exact dates of the next market crash but yeah. um i i would say that we've had a very manipulated economy mm. and market for a while. Yeah. And uh, the government likes to pull strings to try and make it work the way that um, looks good for them. And you can do that for a while, but eventually you have that black swan event that resets everything and, and you just can't avoid it. And there's even things in the news as recently as yesterday, you know, international issues that are happening that could potentially set things off. So I think ultimately for us, it's just being cautious and keeping fundamentals in mind. You know, a lot, it's, it's interesting. Five years ago, everybody was, you know, five, six years ago, everybody was buying on existing cash flow and they were looking at going in cap rates on existing cash flow and being conservative and, and understanding that they need to have that debt service coverage ratio and they need to, hey, you can add value and you can buy some things that are, are distressed, but you still have to know that once you're stabilized and um, there's a clear path to stabilization and also that once you're stabilized, you're in a really good position. You, you don't want to buy something, at least we don't want to buy something that takes a lot that that takes additional risk and then still land at a very low cap rate in the end and earn a very low return. We want to make sure that we're buying things that that um, if we're taking some risk, we're also creating some really great upside on it. And yeah, um, otherwise, why do it? Um, mm -hmm. So 
does that mean that you should be afraid and stay out of the market? No, I think it just means that you're going to pass on some deals that everybody's looking at you funny saying, why wouldn't you buy that? And um, it, it does, I, I will say those who are staying conservative and keeping their eye on the numbers and not getting too involved in the hype and um, the excitement of the market, feel a little bit left out every once in a while. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I see some people doing some deals at very high volume. I'm like, man, am I missing something? Am I not understanding something that they understand? And then talking to lenders and talking to others that are on the other side of the transaction or, or in the, the finance side of it, they're just telling me, hey, no, people are just very aggressive. They're asking, <clears throat> excuse me, they are asking for four or five years interest only. They're asking for, you know, things that, that, put you into that very aggressive risk, high risk position. And they're pulling out as much equity as possible. And they're, they're, they're just taking the risk that I guess we aren't willing to do. And they're, they're, they're creating numbers. So uh, I'm not picking anybody and, and they may have a great strategy. And depending on the property type, there may be a lot of, you know, upward mobility and rents and things like that. But for us, we're just, you know, trying to be as conservative as we can and still get deals done. Um, with good returns. Yeah. It's, you know, I think that brings up a really valuable point is, you know, the listeners here, you, myself included, we see a lot of people getting a lot of deals done, doing a high volume. And we're like, man, like what's going on? Like, why are they, how are they getting these deals? What, like, you know, part of me understands that they're probably being a lot more aggressive than me, but at the same time, it makes you want to do deals, right? Of it course. I <laughs> do more deals. Cause you're like, well, why like, what's, what mindset is holding me back? Like what, what's going on here? But as you said, you, you kind of got to stick to your, your underwriting. You've got to stick to what you think is valuable and don't let that excitement of the market pull you in. Cause that's what happens. That's what happened in 2005, four, five, six, the excitement of the market pulled everybody in and sucked them into this funnel and, and boom, everything exploded and it's going to happen again. I don't know when you don't know when, but it's, it's going to happen again. So you just want to make, want to make sure you're not being sucked in. And it's so easy. Cause I get to, there's times where I'm like, man, you know what? I just want to start buying properties. Like I, I gotta, I gotta get more deals going. Um, right. My investors want to see more deals. Like uh, everybody wants to see me do more deals. Ah, uh, well, wait a second now. It does, do your investors want to do, do other people? No. What do you want to do when, what do you think is the right thing to do? And so I, I really appreciate you bringing that up. And I think that's an important topic. Yeah. I think part of the reason why we haven't, uh, part of the reason we haven't went the fund model is the and fund structure is for that reason. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with funds. And we've looked at it probably five times and, and uh, we've decided yes. to stay on the independent sponsor side, just because when you've got, uh, and, and there's different types of funds. So I'm not going to, we're not going to get deep into the fund structures in this, I'm sure. But um, you know, when you're, when you are taking capital, uh, when a, you're doing a blind pool fund, so you're taking capital and then determining what you're going to go buy, or then you're going to go find the assets, you get put in a position where you've got to deploy capital. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing a lot of right now is we're seeing 
capital is invested and committed and they've got to deploy it. And so they may have low capital costs, both debt and equity, but they've got to put it to work. And so they're more, they're, they're working hard to take market share. And sometimes those buys don't make as much financial sense, but they've got to get it deployed because they got that pref kicking and they've got that cost of capital sitting there. And if yeah. they don't get it deployed by a certain date, then they've got to give it back. And so um, they're, I love the fund model. Again, we've looked at it before, but I also like being autonomous where I can decide yeah. if we're going to do a deal right now or not. We don't have to buy anything. We can buy things that make sense. And if nothing makes sense, we just don't have to buy. And that's a good place to be. That's a great place to be. And it's a great mindset to have too, is we don't have to buy. We're going to buy when things make sense. We want to grow our company, but we're not going to force it. That's right. Uh, yeah. Great mindset. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Success habits. What are, what are a couple of success habits that you think are really valuable that you've, you've created or you see other people uh, have that, that you think my listeners can lean up, lean on? Yeah, I think studying up um, when we're, when we're investing in something, we try and understand it the best that we can. And especially someone who's getting into a new asset class or a, a new investment type, understanding what you're doing. And, and again, it's easy to get excited about an industry. It's excited about getting, you know, it's mm -hmm. easy to get excited about investing, but a lot of times we put on these glasses that are very rosy colored. And that means that we're, we're just excited, but we're not looking at the downside risk too. So a lot of times, you know, for, for me, when I'm researching something or, or looking at investing in something, I'm looking at the positive ops. Obviously, I want to know what's the upside, what's the potential, what's, you know, why should I want to get into this? But also, what's the risk factor? And a lot of times you hear people only talking about the positive, but in every property type, mobile home parks, self-storage, apartments, any type of property, you're going to have some risk and you're going to have some downside. And you just got to understand that downside risk. So, um, it, it's, it's researching, understanding the upside and the downside. I, I think that's a, what successful people do and they know what they're getting into up front. Well, I like giving back in a couple of different ways. Uh, like being involved in my wife and I like being involved in our church and some charities, but also I like giving back to industry, the industry that we're in. And I think, you know, as you grow your business, you learn a lot. And if you're just going to hoard all that information, yeah. It's no fun. I liked, you know, even from my first business that I was ever in, I, I was heavily involved in training. And, and, and so I like being able to take what I've learned and especially the areas that I've bumped my head and maybe made mistakes, being able to help other people avoid those same mistakes. And so I've done that in a few different ways. And um, one's my YouTube channel uh, that just came out, MarioDetilloShow.com and uh, also MHP Tribe, which is a group for people looking to get a little bit more in-depth understanding of mobile home park investing and network with other investors. So is, that um, a is it a Facebook tribe or what is, what is it? Yeah. So uh, mhptribe.com and it's also a Facebook group. Okay. Facebook group, we do calls every week on oh, Mondays wow. where we actually help people um, in their MHP investment business. So yeah, it's kind of cool. And there's a few of us uh, mentors where we call ourselves that just there to help people. And it's, it's a good group. That's awesome. That's really cool. And you're coming to the North Star Real Estate Conference. You're going to be speaking at the conference too. So we're super excited to have you there as well. I'm really excited about that event. I've been telling people to check it out and got yeah. some social media stuff going out now about it. And, uh, you know, being from Minnesota, I grew up there. I've 
you know, I've only lived in Florida for about 10 years. So I I still love going back to Minnesota. We own some assets there as well. So um, I like going back to Minnesota. I love the people. um, And uh, so I'm, I'm pumped to go to that event. It's going to be great. Thank you for having me for that. Yeah, we're excited. We're excited for it. And there shouldn't be any snow. It should be nice, you know, 60 Please, degrees. No snow. I'm going to uh, bring the warm weather. Be. Not, not in <laughs> October, you know, not early October. It'll be 65 and sunny. It's beautiful that time of the year. So it is. Um, all right. So last question. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? Faith, working with great people and looking at the right opportunities. Love it. Love it. I would throw in mindset and, you know, knowledge as well, but I think you only get um, three that again. kind of, can't, yeah, I know. I, okay. Many. Yeah. Three. So I gave you my three up broad. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good, good stuff. Well, Mario, how, how can people get in touch with you? They want to learn more about you. You have the YouTube. Why don't you mention that again? Um, and then um, how, yeah. how else can people reach you? I have a YouTube channel, Mario show.com takes you right there. And uh, you can connect with me on all the socials. I'd say probably the most common place that I'm at is Facebook. Um, I do have a Facebook page as well that you can follow. And that's kind of where I'm putting most of my business information and connecting with people there. But yeah, reach out if there's anybody that's looking to get into the space or has any questions about especially mobile home parks. I'd love to be just, you know, um, an asset to you in any way I can. Cool. Mario, we'll really appreciate it. A lot of great information, a lot of good kind of just, uh, uh, you know, helping people understand some of the steps along the way. Just, just some, some, I really like how you talk about just kind of how you look at things and just simple approaches you take to make sure you guys are being diligent and, and being successful. And so I really liked uh, the conversation. think you added a ton. So appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me on the show and I'm a big fan. So this was a pleasure. Have a fantastic rest of the day, man. All right. Thanks. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, Give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, And also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.